Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of Napoli Soccer Show. My name is Rocco, I'm originally from Napoli but I moved to Ireland some years ago. This is an English language podcast about our favorite team. My plan is to release a weekly episode shortly after the game, ideally Monday or Tuesday. If you like the show, please leave me a review on Apple and Google Podcasts, or if you have any feedback and suggestion, please send me an email to napolisoccershow at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just look for Napoli Soccer Show and you should be able to find me. So Napoli beat Genova at San Paolo for 6-0. Kickoff uh, pushed back by three hours after Genova goalkeeper Mattia Perin tested positive uh, to Covid. Uh, a new round of swabs uh, contributed to Genova late departure to Napoli. Uh, Shone also tested positive. Napoli uh, with Meret as goalkeeper, uh, same defensive line uh, of previous match with Isai on the left, Manolas and Kalidou uh, Koulibaly in the center, Di Lorenzo on the right, Zielinski and Fabian in the midfield area, and the magic trio Insigne, Mertens and Lozano behind the lone striker Osimen. Napoli leads 1-0 at the half-time after a great delivery by Dries Mertens to Lozano for the opener in the 10th minutes. First half also sees, unfortunately, Insigne limping off the field for an injury in the 20th minutes, replaced by Elmas. Back in the second half, Zielinski finishes off a flowing team move initiated by the same with a great run from outside the box. Ozyman, with a precise back heel, serves the ball back to the Polish player who finalizes with a precise low shot. No chances for Genoa goalkeeper Marchetti to save this one. Zielinski again very randomly intercepts a play from Genoa defender. Zielinski serves Mertens at the edge of the box. Mertens has time and space to find off the shot passed through Marchetti. 2-0. Again, another mistake from Genova playing the ball to Mertens, Dries from the edge of the box, assists this time Lozano for a far too easy 4-0. Fifth goal for Napoli, this time Elmas is able to transform a first touch pass from Isai in goal. Game over for Genova with Politano who replaced Lozano. Politano from the right side of the pitch enters in the box, puts the ball on his favorite foot, the left one, and fires a finesse shot on the opposite side of the goal. Some tension before the final whistle results in a yellow card to Ozyman who argued with the former Atalanta captain Masiello. This victory sends Napoli to the top of the table with six points and a plus eight goal difference from its opening two matches, with our goalkeepers still unbeaten. A good boost to our confidence for next game ahead. What a game, the one against Juventus. Gattuso rescues Napoli from their 4-3-3 cage, the slow build-up possession that I hated so much. Lozano confirms his excellent striking qualities and I also see him contributing very effectively to the defensive phase. Again, he's not Callejon, but he's far from effective in the offensive phase if we compare to the last Callejon we knew. Very consistent performance from his eye on the left. Uh, I really hope uh, he's not going to Spartak. Kalidou Koulibaly seems aiming uh, at the same uh, level of performance uh, that we are used to from such a player. Again, uh, I hope that Koulibaly stays in Napoli. 
uh, as it will be a disaster to see him going uh, before Juventus uh, and it will be a disaster at this point uh, in the season. Zielinski delivered a sensational performance, great in defensive phase, no mistake in the defensive one, he was an absolute blast. He has a great potential. Uh, Sarri uh, used to say that uh, Zielinski doesn't know how strong he is. He's definitely a midfielder with uh, great talent. Uh, he lacks uh, self-confidence sometimes, but uh, in games like this, oh man, he just shines. Fabian still has to find himself, uh, but he was uh, way better than in last game. Uh, Ozyman could have scored, uh, he had a few chances, one header uh, was very close to the goal. He missed uh, the, the impact uh, with the ball uh, on another occasion. Lozano delivered a wonderful assist from the right side. And I really saw the phantom of Milik hanging on this miss. Polish striker uh, was uh, always uh, half second too late on uh, balls like that. Uh, so he really reminded me uh, Milik. Uh, but overall, uh, he played a great game. He gave one assist and what a assist to Zielinski. I think that the presence of Ozyman helps uh, Lozano playing better. He has the alternative to cross the ball in the middle or to cut inside. Um, the presence of Lozano is beneficial to Mertens as well, as he has a pointer reference uh, in front of him. And Lozano is putting pressure on the two defenders, so both Insigne, Mertens uh, and Lozano, but even uh, Zielinski or uh, Fabian, uh, they can benefit from such pressure and find spaces that before uh, couldn't be found without a uh, Nigerian striker. Chapter injuries, Manolas suffers the usual back pain, Maximoj seems to be a solid alternative. I'm not worried about Manolas missing Juve. Of course Manolas in games like the ones against Juve is a solid bet. But what worries me uh, more is Insigne's absence. Insigne is unreplaceable in this team. Yes, Elmas played a good game, we can find even other players that can uh, uh, fit on that uh, part of the field. Insigne is going to be off at least 20 days and against Juve his contribution would have been of a great help. Together with Mertens uh, he's the brain of Napoli and I find that Mertens and Insigne playing together they just multiply their technical advantage. So all positive news uh, from Genoa besides the injuries then? Well not exactly. Genoa game was over after the second goal and till then the team from Liguria had some uh, good chances. It is still unclear if a midfield with Zielinski and Fabian can support the defensive work till the end of the season. Uh, we will probably go back to the 4-3-3 against uh, stronger teams, uh, who knows. While we could defend better, uh, we will definitely lose some firing power in this way. We seem much more predictable when we play with 4-3-3. To be honest, I saw us playing very good games uh, against Juventus and Inter uh, last year in the Italian Cup using this formation, the 4-3-3, but they were cup games, so neither team was looking for uh, a nil. Of course, I don't think that Juventus and Inter are gonna, are gonna sign for a draw against us. So perhaps Gattuso will play uh, the 4-3-3 against uh, the strongest team of uh, Serie A. Who knows? But at least we have a plan B or a plan A2. You tell me. The good, the bad and the ugly. 
So in this section of the show, we are going to analyze the good and the bad and the ugly. Uh, the good uh, for me this time was Mertens. While Lozano was impressive, uh, uh, Mertens was just uh, astonishing. He played in a new role and he was at the center of every move. Besides the goal and assist at the end of the game, I even saw him dictating the tempo, recover the ball multiple times and trying to serve Ozzy Man to let him score his first goal. He is a true leader and more than that, he is a player, but even a person everyone would like to work with. In relation to the bad, I cannot find any Napoli player in this category. Uh, yes, again, Fabian's performance was great. Di Lorenzo seems to have lost the hubris he possessed under Ancelotti, but those seems details in a 6 nil win. So I have to look elsewhere. The bad words for me this game goes to Maran. Playing against Napoli with an extreme build-up play for me is suicide. When you have against Lozano, Ozyman, Insigne, Mertens, pressing your defenders and your defenders are not the likes of Nesta and Cannavaro, you are going to lose. And if your defense is literally going to give the ball in our feet, well, there is room for disaster. Even worse than the bad, Maran almost made to the ugly during the press conference where he stated that the performance was influenced by Perina having tested positive to COVID. Well, Maran didn't make it to the ugly because the ugly of this week goes to Suarez's case. Or in particular to Paratici, Juventus director, or to his assistant Cherubini, or to the Juventus lawyer who facilitated the exam, or to the Perugia University director or even to the professors. I'm not sure who is the more culpable for the whole Suarez languages exam scandal, where according to the wiretaps, Juventus, who had to buy the player, was trying to fix the exam results in order to have Suarez gain the Italian citizenship. So you might imagine my opinion, but if you are interested on how the whole um, case played out, you can read the transcripts of the calls, I just want to say that there are a lot of people living in Italy for many years, some are even born there, they apply for Italian citizenship and they wait decades. Two words, ladies and gentlemen, one where everyone else lives and another one with football players and more broadly the powerful and rich ones. Not much to add in relation to next game. Juventus draw against Roma. I watched the game and commenting with a Roma supporter over WhatsApp, I made some remark about seeing in the same Serie A game a red card and a penalty against the Agnelli team. Besides this, Juventus is never going to play a beautiful football. They tried this path under Sarri last year, it didn't work out, so they are back to their usual show. Not being impressed with Juventus uh, is uh, quite normal, they still win the games regardless on how they play. Their defense is rock solid, they have Cristiano Ronaldo and they always win, in a way or in another. But maybe this is the year where Chiellini and Bolucci are going to play a less consistent football and could Pirlo be the weak link? Well, maybe. Or maybe not. This is Juventus we are referring to. Thank you very much for following this podcast. I hope to see you next week. And as always, Forza Napoli sempre.